Good morning, Brandon. Good morning, Devin. Good morning. So just got finished talking about how you don't like instant replay in, in any sport. Uh, just to clarify, you're talking about all the challenge flags, coaches replays, and all of that good stuff. Anytime the refs have to go to the go to the tape and make a decision decision Not based off instant replay. Not a fan. And, and uh, I mean, I, the thing is, is life is full of these moments where you think one thing, you're going to try one thing, you're going to you're going to make a decision, and then it'll go right or it'll go wrong. But you can't take it back. You, you know, and I like it when life and sports reflect each other and you can't take it back. And sometimes things are just wrong. And so in sports, when they do instant replay, it's this like weird take back that I don't think uh, reflects the way that life actually works. And so I'm not a fan. I prefer when we get that instant like, uh oh, this didn't go. And now you have to figure it out from this point forward. You know, <laughs> you have to yeah. you have to adjust now to that to that world. Yeah. See, and I and I hear you there, and I do agree in, in, in a good bit with, with that understanding. But then you kind of started thinking about it from, from the other lens, like the other angle of this, which is that, you know, the NBA, their way their replay works is you get you get one per game. You know, you, you get one per game, and, and the idea is that if you choose to use that one, too early that can be a huge mistake and misstep because if you use it on a foul in like the second quarter you know what happens in the fourth quarter when there's a play that could be a deciding play in the game and you've already used that that challenge flag you know there there's some there's some life in that like earlier this morning before we got on air you know i actually talked to a cousin of mine who who's unfortunately spending the rest of his life in prison and he and he called me this morning and you know i was saying he asked me like what's the show about and although i didn't know we would have this as a cold open you know i was just telling him about the show and how Bree brown talks about you know just the cool and we ended up talk he ended up you know basically saying to me like yeah man you know there's a lot of people in here have one decision for like a split second, you know, trying to be cool had changed their entire life. You know, that's how most people are in there. And I think the idea of the challenge flag for me when it comes to the NBA is that that challenge flag really re reflects that one decision. You got one decision and, and, and you got one life to live. And at the end of the day, if you make the wrong decision in that one life, it could come back to haunt you. It might not end you, but it could come back to really hurt you. You know what I mean? And that that's the way that I see it is it might not ruin you. Still might be able to win that game. But that one can one decision can have some very serious impact on you uh, in a crucial moment when you really need it. Yeah, and so I do appreciate that, like, sort of philosophical perspective, right, of this. We want the ability to take back moments especially moments that are egregiously bad, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so I, 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 you know, just like anything, I don't want to stand on the, I don't want to stand on the hill denying that the world is going forward without me, you know, like I want to come along for the ride world. And, um, and, and so I do appreciate that like, we do need a way to reflect and maybe look back in sports. I'd, I'd take it or leave it in life, man. I wish we could have a lot more of it. And I wish we could have a lot more moments where people can go like, Boy, I did something terrible, 
because I think every one of us has acted thoughtless, you know, yeah. and every one of us is, has made a decision that turned out, or, you know, maybe you're driving and you, you know, make a bad choice on the road and it works out and you go like, huh, that, that, that could have been the end of my, my little journey here, you know? And, yeah, and so yeah. I try to, I try to think about that and try to reflect on the fact that like, man, you get, you can get lucky sometimes. So, yeah. And I think there's a, and I think there's an idea of like, when it comes to that challenge, where it's like sometimes decisions you don't have to make it right away like i i'm impulsive so there's times where like a lot of decisions that i make would have been better made you know would have been better decisions to wait to make them you know what i mean and i think there's some of that in there too that's a part of life it's like you know weighing when the moment is right to make a big decision you know what I mean? Like, like sometimes is from a human standpoint, like I know for myself, I can like on a whim, I can make some, you know, like a pretty significant decision, you know, like immediately, you know, just like, oh, that, that sounds great. Boom. I'm gonna do it. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, with that challenge and having only one of them, you almost go, hmm. Do I really want to make this big decision is this right the here? That I want to change. <laughs> yeah, is this the moment that I? Is this the thing that I want to really like? You know, uh, 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 go all in on and, and spend a bunch of time and and put a bunch of effort into, or do I want to wait? Like that? Like is this the right thing? And that that's the other thing that I like about it from a life aspect is that it, you know, timing is important, and in life, timing is very important and when we do things is very important yeah so you know i think about timing being important i think about the ability to like slow down when you make a decision that's important you know the one that i would reach for is that uh to to kind of tie it back into current sports talk right is the people we surround ourselves with are important and i mean i think it's pretty obvious with you take a guy like tobias harris right mm -hmm. and Last year, he, he made no sense. He was, he's an all-star player. He'd been an all-star caliber player for, you know, three or four years in his career. Like, you know, I, as a fringe all-star, very good player. He gets a deal. He comes to the Sixers, and he's dreadful last year. Mm -hmm. And then you change the people around him. The decisions around him change. His reaction to those decisions is to do the right thing and, and fall into the system. Boom, 28 points in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad we got here. Right. Like, so just for those people, quick disclaimer, this, this is going to be a little bit heavy sixers for a good for a good 10 minutes here. So just just hang on to your, your, your seat here. And uh, if you're not a fan of basketball, go ahead and fast forward us. We don't know. You know, no shame there. Move, move forward, forward to the rest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, the one thing that I would say and, and we're going to keep the life thing going. Uh, I always have this debate, you know, with, with, with a couple basketball friends of mine and families of mine where we talk about, like, putting together a, a good team, really good team, and then putting together good individuals and the, the difference between the two. You know, because I, I would say last year's team, the Sixers had some, some pretty good individuals. You know what I mean? Like like individual players with individual skill set that like on its own, they, they were all pretty good players, right? But then there's a difference 
when you put together a team, it's kind of like from a business standpoint, right? Like for me, you know, when I, with the 2400 thing, you know, like not only did I want to put good people around me, I wanted to put together a team, a team that fit where the roles are really clear, where everybody feels like they're putting in their worth and no one's feeling like, well, what am I doing? What do I do? Where am I, you know, where am I supposed to be? And so, you know, the same thing in sports and, and, and as you put together in any team, it's important that you put together a team that fits. And so what the Sixers did is they went out and they built a team that the roles are so freaking clear. There is no second guessing of what every player's job is on that team. And it, it, it's incredible, man. You, you watch it. It's incredible. Well, go ahead. You, you wanted to respond to that. Well, I, I just think that it's that's that's exactly it. It's and they're natural for the who the person is, is. right? Like nobody's being miscast. And yeah. Yeah. I think that it's important. I guess from a business perspective, I think that it. And I think about this a lot. Um, you know, we talk about the stair step approach a lot. It mm-hmm, comes up. Mm-hmm. It comes up all the time. And from a business perspective, that's one of the things that I'm trying to sort of dial in as I like try to figure out like what is a business that I can run that I can do, that I can do well, that from a stair-step approach puts me in the Tobias Harris role, right? Like mm-hmm. puts me in a role where like, oh, this, a lot of this stuff is coming natural. Look, it's still going to be hard. There's still going to be, I'm not, it's not going to just be aces and I'm not just going to, everything's going to work out. But I want to set myself up for the role where I'm like, oh, okay, this is the thing that's intuitive to me. This is natural to me. These are the, like, I want to have the, as many advantages as I possibly can. And when you're building a team, um, whether it's 2400 the movement, whether it's a basketball team, whatever it is, you want to surround yourself with the people that are setting you up so that everybody's in their natural best positions so that they can venture out and push the edges on those other things, right? And say like, okay, well, I'm not great at marketing, but we need to do marketing for this thing. Or, oh, I, you know, I, I'm not great at cooking, but I'm going to try to make 115 meals anyway. Like yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's so true, man, and and it and it leads me to, you know, the basketball topic that I wanted to discuss was Ben Simmons. You know, I think if you're looking at if you're looking at stat lines, you know, you look at Ben Simmons. I, I had someone text me after the game, and they go, "I need 15 points from Ben," and I'm like, "What? Like what? Like did you did you watch any of that game? Ben was incredible." And the first response that you have after that game was, I need 15 points from Ben. It, it, like, to me, that is part of, you know, the issue with, with the way that team is and, and the way that we think about team as a society, especially when it comes to sports, right? Like, the first thought is not, oh, we won the game. This is great. The first thing that people do when they when they're talking with sports, when they're looking at teams, and it, and I'm sure it translates into life in the business, mm-hmm. is you go look at the stat line, and you go look and you go see, you know, like, all right, how many points did Ben have, you know, like what what did he look like? What does the paper say? When at the end of the day, if you watch that game, what you realize is Ben defensively was insane defensively and then offensively when it was his turn 
to play the role that Doc Rivers had carved out for him. He was incredible. The pace that he played with, the pace that the team – that was the fastest I've ever seen the Sixers play this year. And and that was all because of Ben. The pace, the amount of open threes that he created, the 15 assists. He was a maestro out there. Well, the faster they play, the better it is for Ben, right? Yeah. And and so uh, I think we talked last week about unlocking Ben and what that's going to look like. Or maybe it was in the pre-show, us chatting. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he is an enigma and a strange player. But the faster we play, the better he is. Yeah. And and points does not – like off the ball. So we talked about a little bit of half-court Ben. And what you saw in half-court Ben is he was slashing, cutting, driving, screening, rolling, moving a ball. No, he wasn't – they did not run any offense other than maybe one or two post-ups to, to Ben. But you know what, you know what didn't happen? He did not become a liability at any point. He didn't just stand in the half court spot. Yeah. Exactly. He was moving. He was all over. He was active offensively and defensively. And the thing that we have to do for a guy like Ben Simmons or even Tobias Harris is the roles are clear. Tobias Harris, they ran play after play after play for Tobias Harris. And what Doc has done is Doc said, hey, I know the media wants Ben to be the second you know, option in terms of offense. Yeah, that's the media. But that's not how we're running our team. We're going to run our team so everyone is comfortable in the role that they're going to play for this team and that it fits what their default skill set is. And so what did he do? He runs a dozen plays for Tobias Harris in the first half that gets him 28 points. You know what I mean? Like, it's incredible, man. Like, Doc, there's roles. Even he brings in Maxie. Maxie's a a rookie. Like, most rookies, you're not – bringing them in and going, you know what? Here's the ball. Playoff basketball, here's the ball. Your job is to attack the basket. Like, most teams are like, stand in the corner. If the ball swings to you, make a play. Take a shot. Yeah, but no, he's like, this kid, he's a downhill beast. Give him the ball and let him go. And so he comes in and he makes about two baskets that really the, the team actually needed while he was in the game. And it, it's it's all, you know, he got cork miles for open three-point looks. Didn't hit any of them, but it's just like – the roles just all fit. And that's the importance of building the team, man. You you got to have defined roles. Yeah, and the roles need to make sense, you know. And, I, I mean, I think that that's, uh, you know, it's something that we talk about a lot, I guess, on the show. Is we're, you know, we're trying to find things that make sense and, and decisions that make sense and that can play off, like, over the long term. And, you know, certainly what Doc's doing in basketball, and hopefully it's what we're doing in our, in our businesses and in our venture forward. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk about Brene Brown, and she gave she gave us ten rules this chapter. Yes, uh, she did. Ten, ten guideposts. Um, so the first one is cultivating authenticity, letting go yes. of what people think. Talk to me. Any reflection on that? Yeah, I mean that that in a nutshell is uh, to me. I, I I have this conversation with my kids all the time. Is you know it's about being you. Uh, the one thing that's great about where we are just as an overall society is that that that's becoming more and more. Okay. And and people are becoming more and more aware of like how much of it is your right to be able to be who you are and be authentically you. And then, you know, who cares what people think, man? You know what I mean? Like who cares? That's the process for us is like at the end of the day, you know, do you right. 
and 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 your goals should not be based off of just you know how much money or how many people bought what you're trying to sell or how how many people love your art like it should ultimately start with do you enjoy it because if yep. you don't enjoy it it doesn't matter how much money it makes you or who all enjoys it you have to enjoy it do the uh, the most important things in life can't be measured they don't show up on a stat sheet um, mm-hmm. and uh and I, I believe that like deep down <laughs> so letting go of what other people think is, is that's all, that's just like a hundred percent what it is yep. you know so yeah. how about letting go of perfectionism that was rule number two for her yeah yeah uh cultivating self uh compassion um yes i mean to, like who disagrees with that i mean you know <laughs> right like don't get me wrong i'm competitive and and i think you know being competitive is important but you know, being competitive and being perfect aren't the same things. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super competitive with myself, right? Like I have an idea of how I want to get better. You know, always, I always want to continue to get better. Um, and there's no scribe for perfection. There's just a scribe to be better the next day, continue to be better. Yeah. Well, and I think about it with like, you know, we read, we read traction, I guess like two or three books ago. And, uh, you know, he's talking about like, here's, here's a framework for making decisions and you're going to be wrong way more than you're going to be right. And so you should try out this in a small experiment, try out that in a small experiment till you find something that works and then double down on it. And I think about that and like, you can't be a perfectionist and also do that other thing. Cause the expectation of your business experiments is that your business experiments are going to fail. Yeah. Here go a question. Can you be, can you grow if you're a perfectionist? Because in order to grow, right, you got things have to get messy. You have to be bad at something, right? Can you grow to be a perfection and be a perfectionist? I'm sure you can, but it's going to make it harder, right? Like it's just, you're you're creating an unnecessary hurdle that you don't need. Yeah, because my my concern would be as a a perfectionist, do you even try new things? Because does it also come with like, this fear of going outside of the box because of this fear of, you know, it not being perfect. You know what I mean? Like, like, I wonder if like, if you are that perfectionist out there, doesn't, does that stop you from, from doing new stuff? I'm sure it does. I would, I know it would hinder you in business, right? Because like the whole point of the podcast is that we shipped it right away, right? We just were like, okay, we're doing this. And then we just shipped it. We didn't have a website. We didn't have any of that stuff. We just went for it. And now here we are 46, seven episodes later. Right. And you know, we're getting better, but Mm -hmm. certainly not perfect. So no, far from it. Yeah. If you're a perfectionist, Oh my bad. I'm stepping on you. No, no. Yeah. But if you're a perfectionist, yeah, you wouldn't have did that. You're right. Yeah. You're slowing it. You're slowing it down. So how about letting go of numbing and powerlessness? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did she say? Cultivating your resilience, uh, spirit. Um, yeah, that, you know what, that was probably for me, that was the one that I didn't even realize what it was. Um, and, and I don't know if it's exactly that, but that's the one that resonated. Like when I, when we got to that point, I was kind of like, oh, wow, this sounds familiar. You know, for years I had been um, kind of just going to work and coming home, going to work and coming home. And it just was work, 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 work. I, I had like n- really not much else. 
and then my you know a little bit of a obsessing over like sports and uh and i was just hiding from like self-growth and i would every i was just putting so much focus and energy on everything else but me um and i wasn't dealing with my own self-growth yeah i i didn't much relate to this one um probably just because of how i like I, I try not to think about that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I just try to like put it down. So, you know, maybe that, maybe I should be relating to this one. But, you know, um, I, I do know that like the things that I often find, I often like myself a lot more three months later when I sit there after being wrong or after being embarrassed and I just like kind of sit in it or whatever it is. And like, and I sit in it and I just kind of like think about like, okay, is this, the, instead of going off to do it, like get, you know, doing some busy work or, or finding something to do or you know, making my, distracting myself, I generally like how I reflected on my life better when I just kind of sit through it and then eventually come to the end of it. Uh, n- next up is letting go of scarcity and fear of the dark. Yeah, so she goes what? Cultivating uh, gratitude and joy. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming like, what that means is just being able to be happy mm-hmm. and not worry about the unknown and, and what might come next. Or I think in the book, she referred to this as the other shoe dropping, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that was what she referred to it as. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've had much of a problem with, with the other shoe part. Um, I probably don't get high enough when, it, when I have my highs. You know what I mean? But I don't know what that is. That just, you know, me, I'm just even killed with most things. But I didn't I didn't find this to be anything that I've really dealt with much. I don't I don't get real low, but I guess I don't get high enough. Maybe I can get more high, but I can't fake it. It's just me. It's just who I am. I don't get real, you know, my emotions don't swing from from end to end like that. That's just not who I am. Yeah, I don't I don't often have like much in the terms of joy. In my like, I don't, I don't really go far on that end, but I do a pretty good job of like, I, I feel like I say it a lot, and I say it and I mean it. Like, man, I'm fortunate, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just say it all the time. I'm like, man, I'm fortunate. Like, I, I live in this like beautiful place, and I get to go hiking. I like all my hobbies, and like, like I just keep saying like, man, I, like my life really worked out. And for somebody who like, I, my life probably shouldn't have worked out as good as it did, and I'm pretty you know, fortunate. And so I, I say that a lot and I mean it. And I think that that's probably a helpful one. Uh, next up is letting go of the need for certainty. Uh, yeah. So what's that? Uh, cultivating, uh, intuition and trusting faith. Yes. Hmm. I like this one, especially for business, right? Because what we're doing, um, is, is a hundred percent letting go of the need mm-hmm. for certainty, right? It's a hundred percent just being like, all right, I'm going to take the leap. And we don't know what that looks like most of the time. Like today I'm recording in my garage for the podcast because we couldn't, you know, and, I, and just go with it and, and, and let go of this need for like, it has to be this way. And instead let it be, let it evolve, let the game come to you. And what happens happens. And you, you're not responsible for the results, but you're responsible for that, you know, putting in the work. And that's that, uh, that's that trusted process mentality. Yeah, I was just about to say, for me, it sums it up, right? Uh, the process is black and white. You know, you just, you, you just do, and when you do, right, you, as long as you continue doing and you set boundaries in, in terms of, like, when you're going to do it and that you're going to show up and you're going to be there and you're going to give it maximum effort, 
at the end of the day, no, nothing really feels uncertain. I don't know about you. Like, I don't feel I don't feel really uncertainty about any of the things that we're doing because we're we're going we're all in. And the and and I don't really I don't think we've placed any type of, you know, expectation in terms of like getting others to go all in with us in terms of listeners and stuff like that. Um we basically have put the success level on each episode that we post. And you know, well, I think that that's like, I think with 2400, the movement with this, with me trying to kind of find what my next project is, like all of that, where the results are completely separated from the work that we're trying to do. And we know that like, if we just keep putting in good work, the certainty at the end is that when I look back on it, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm happy with what I did. Yes. Whether or not it made money or it didn't or exactly. it's, you know, whatever. That's separated entirely from me being like, oh, I'm happy with the outcome that came because that's the outcome that came. Exactly. It, uh, we, we, we literally like kicked uncertainty out, like basically like get out of here. We, you know, like there's no, there's no place for you here. Uncertainty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, you know what, what we're certain about is that we're going to put in the work. Yeah. Therefore you don't exist because we're, we're putting in the work. You know what I mean, and then that, that that that's that's awesome. That's how I feel about all of this. Yeah, I feel the same way. So, so how about the next one? Is letting go of comparison. Yeah. So, uh, uh, cultivating creativity. Uh, I mean, that's come on, man. That's that was basically what the last what eight months, six months, something like that, maybe nine, whatever it's been. That's. <laughs> Yeah, almost a year. Yeah, because fifty two yeah, weeks. Up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So damn, wow, that's crazy. But yeah, so so the last like ten months, that's what it's been. It's been about just being creative. Every I think I've said this in the last episode. The moment we did this podcast, it unlocked all of the creativity in me. And I'd say this one is the most important post that she has, which is being creative, man. Creativity opens up the door for your life to just have more purpose, right? Like regardless of money and all the other stuff, just being creative. And I think that's an underrated like importance of adulthood is creativity. We're creative when we're kids, right? We make a lot of dumb stuff that sure. you know that <laughs> you, you think of and like Some man, pictures you hang on it. a fridge or whatever yeah 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 all that like nonsense right like my kids bring stuff home and i'm just like uh, i don't say it to them but i'm just like where are we putting all this stuff <laughs> um but you know as an adult we don't we don't have that and um that is important man i i this is this one is the most important one to me how about you i wouldn't say it's the most important one but it's super important like i i really like um you know, it, it, I, I like that idea of just letting go and like letting, letting things come. And I, I do relate. She talked a lot about play in this final chapter. And, uh, you know, I do relate like, yo, ha having fun lets kind of opens up this other set of things um, and sort of letting yourself go opens up this other sort of way to look at the world that's way better and way more fulfilling. And it's certainly more creative and you come up with more interesting sort of ideas and thoughts and reflections so there's definitely power here. I just don't necessarily know uh, 
for me, one, this isn't necessarily the one that rings the most, but uh, the next one is probably is up there for me. It's letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth. Any reflections on that? Yeah, what I reflect to is my favorite line in the book where she says, you know, um, fun or what is it? Not f- Yeah, fun is not the um, opposite of hard work, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that that's one of my favorite lines of the book. It's the one that has stuck with me the most is, yeah, we we definitely have this idea that like we can't have fun and and work hard all at the same time you know what i mean like most of the people that we idolize in society guess what they're all doing having fun and working hard all of them you can't name a person that isn't idolized by society that's not having fun and working hard yeah, I mean, LeBron puts in the work, right? Yeah, like, I mean, and he's he, having fun. But he's having a blast, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I think that that's an important takeaway is that all these people, they're, they're doing stuff that they find fulfilling, that they enjoy, that they find fun. And at the end of it, you know, they're, uh, they're putting in hard work because you can't say, like, a guy like LeBron doesn't work hard, right? Um, oh, yeah. I think it also is important to sort of reflect on, you know, and, and she kind of talks about it in – across the a few of these 10 like rules or whatever uh is that i don't like the hustle porn the like hey i woke up at 4 30 and started and got going and blah blah like i don't like all that stuff man like yeah. hey some sometimes the right thing to do is to sit on the couch with your dog and have a cup of coffee in the morning like you know like it's not it's not about how hard you work it's not about always being up next and going full speed and all that stuff like that. That's not what makes a successful life. And that goes back to that whole, like the most important things in life you can't measure, you know, like that's not what you, that's not what it's about. It's not about hitting it hard every day and this and that. And like, you see a lot of that, you hear a lot of that. There's a lot of books about that. And I don't agree with that sort of perspective. I think like life is much more about like taking it easy and letting it come to you rather than forcing yourself onto it. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so the, the next one is, uh, letting go of anxiety is a lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, cultivating calm and steadiness. Uh, I mean, I, you know, this is, this, I don't have a problem with this. This is me. This is probably, yeah, this is probably more me than, than anything on this board. Whereas it's um, the opposite of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is more me. This is more me. I, you know, I, Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, even you, to you do fault. this naturally. Yeah, you do yeah. this naturally. Yeah, and this I, I don't. You know, like I, I've had to work it at, at this same sort of thing, right? Like I, I get stressed and I get, you know, I take it too seriously, and you know, uh, you know, the, the doors are going to open tomorrow at nine a.m. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. like yeah. you're real, you're real good at remembering that, and I am not. So it's an important, I think, takeaway, I guess, from her, from her book that I need to remember that like don't get don't get caught up in the doing get, you know, make sure you have that hundred foot view of like, you know, it's not about being in the work. It's about doing the, the high level work. Mm-hmm. But I will say, you know, as someone who this anxiety is not a, uh, not a thing that I struggle with. Um, I do realize that a, a lot in the majority of society struggles with anxiety. And it could be to her point that 
it's the most contagious thing on this, on, you know, in, in, in group setting is anxiety. It is one of the most uh, contagious things. So I do understand that it's, it, it exists and it exists in a major way. And what I try to do, like whenever I'm in a, in a position where I'm in a leadership role, uh, regardless of what I'm in, is that's what I like to believe my strength is, is that like how that one person comes in a room and uh, has high anxiety and can cause a whole group to freak out. I believe, you know, the same thing in reverse, that you can be a studying force for a, a group. You know, when you are in, in that leadership role or you choose to be in that leadership role as the calm, you know, study rock of the group. And that, and that's one of the things that I try to be, you know, in my circle, in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm probably the guy that most of my friends call when they want somebody that, you know, I guess I'll keep it real with them, but also not beat them down. When that when that mistake comes, you know what I mean. I got a buddy who, you know, ended up having a child, and you know, um, his situation wasn't the most ideal when he found out that she was pregnant. And but I know that he wanted children, um, you know, for a while now. And everybody else that he told was kind of like, "Oh man, you crazy," or whatever. Like y'all not ready for this. Y'all just know whatever, whatever. And you know, when I heard it, I said to him congratulations man i'm happy for you and like you know what i mean like this is a big thing you 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 getting that child that you always wanted and he called me and just was like yo you were the first person that like said it i'm just like yeah because at the end of the day you know life sometimes give you give you does give you what you want but maybe not in the way that is ideal and what and how you wanted it you know what i mean so it's important that you in terms of the, those with anxiety, I know it ain't as easy as just like clicking on a light switch. Sure. But the one thing for me, what helps me is always understanding like there's good in just about everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and as long as you seek out that good, which is a, which is work, which is work. But as long as you try to seek, seek out that good and, and have that be the fo- the thing that you focus in on. You know that that's what's going to put you in a better mind state going forward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. The next one she had is letting go of self doubt um, and supposed to. Uh, I I think this is one that we both do pretty well. But you go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah. So it, you know I like how she puts it as her cultivating meaningful work. And yo, this this was probably number two for me. And it and it falls in line with the creativity side, uh, cultivating creativity. You know, it's kind of like so. We just talked about LeBron James. LeBron James is having fun at work. He is having the most fun, and he's also working hard. So for some people, those two things won't provide a lifestyle for you, right? Like you know, in the sense of like your favorite thing, your fun, your work, your passion Maybe won't always money. make money. And that's cool, but it but what you have to never do is let go of that passion. You can have both. You can go to work and and have your nine to five that pays the bills and keeps the lights on, and you can also still have that passion, you know, and have that passion thrive and continue to spend that time making candles in your bathtub or you know whatever it is or making spices 
that you just come up with in the middle of the night. You know, you, you need to have that. And for some of us who, who aren't privileged to have the lifestyle where your passion also provides, you have to still carve out that time to, to do that passion. It, it is most important. And for me, that was a game changer in my life, a game changer. And that just started with this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I got to watch it happen with you, and, uh, and I think it's great. So, you know, it's, it's one of the things that I like to take away from this for me is that it, it doesn't always need to be money, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's okay to have something that you're just crazy passionate about, that you really enjoy, that you get a lot of value out of, that you can't turn into a business or you can't make money or it can't be a side hustle. Like, it's okay to just be like, yeah, man, I like painting rocks and I can't yeah. sell them and they're just rocks <laughs> <laughs> and nobody cares and I like it. Like, that's okay. And, um, you know, I, I don't, again, I, I guess I go back to that. Like, like some of the things that I see in the world, I go like, yo, relax people. Like sometimes people just want to paint rocks and like, and that's all. And that's just, they get a lot out of it and there's no sale. There's no movement. There's no, but it's, they get value out of it. And I think, I guess that that's what this podcast is the knob at this turns, right? For sure. I think about a lot of ways to turn this podcast into a business and maybe we can monetize it. Maybe we could do this. Maybe like, I think about all that stuff and man, it's, maybe I should just like let the podcast be. And that's what we've done for yes. 47 episodes. And uh, man, I've gotten a lot out of just letting it be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, the world needs people to paint rocks, man. <laughs> it really, does. Like the world needs it because right now they might be painting rocks, but that, you know, like that same rock painter, might come up with something that's going to be the new art architect, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like the new, uh, 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 some type of crazy rock that he finds painting rocks that ends up being the new fuel for all of the world. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's how that weird stuff happens where like you, 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 you go in with one purpose and you know, you feel like, Oh, that's whatever, whatever, whatever. And the next thing you know, it's, it spins in a, a whole new purpose that becomes even greater than you ever believed it would be. The world needs that. And, uh, and perhaps maybe the person who's painting rocks and just living a life that Im- involves just painting rocks and as, as their hobby. And then they have a job that they go to, but yeah. their hobby fulfills them. So they go to their job and they're chill. And then all of a sudden this other person that's at the job reflects on it and goes like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to do that. And that person invents the new fuel that's, you know, helps out. Exactly. You know, the, yeah. Like it's not always the, the person. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. there's weird. The world's weird. So you just it connects. Let it, let it roll, man. Yep. Yep. It connects. You're right. All right. So final one, uh, letting go of being cool and always in control. Yeah, man. Cultivating laughter song and dance is what she calls that one. So, this one is this one is big for me, man, um, and in a different way, not me personally, but this one is, you know, we talked off air um, just about kind of like uh, one of the lines that you said, Thomas Sowell said, how, you know, one thug in a classroom um, can ruin a, a whole class or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what we have to understand is like the, the cool which Lupe Fiasco has a song called The Cool. Uh, it has a whole album, actually, I believe. It's The Cool. But the song is called The Cool, named after the album. And the basic premise is that the cool 
will get you into in a place where you don't want to be. Meaning, if you spend your life chasing cool, trying to fit in with others, trying to, you know, please others, you're going to end up in a, a, a worse situation for yourself. And so for me, you know, being a black man, you know, uh, from the inner city, all of my family in the inner city, every, all of my, you know, young cousins who are influenced real heavily are all living their lives and, and coming up through the inner city of Philadelphia. And all I think about is like, and whenever I'm talking to them, it's like, yo, be you. Because if you can, if you try to chase and fit in, you know, I grew up with kids who like, you know, wanted to be in the street life because they thought that that's what makes them cool. And a lot of those people, you know, even when they were going in, you knew like, even me as a young kid, even younger than them, you knew like, damn, they're not going to be good at this. They are not built for that. That is a that is a lifestyle that does not really fit them. But they push through. And that's like 90, probably 99% of the people that enter the street life, we'll call it, are not built for it, right? Like that takes a sociopath and a psychopath that's really built to be in that life. And there's not many of those out there in the world. So, but there's like millions of so-called gangsters and street, you know, people that are in the street life in the world. Like there aren't, there aren't, you know, 300, 400 million freaking psychopaths walking this earth, right? There would be a whole lot more, even more crime and craziness. You know what I mean? So that's one of the things that I would say is, is very important as I speak to the youth out there and some of you adults. Is that like, don't go chasing the cool, man. Don't go chasing the cool. Do things because you want to do it. Do things because they feel good and they feel right. Um, and it, and don't worry about what other people think. Um, it, it's key, man. Yeah, and, you know, the somehow the, the young people, the younger people, the next generation, the people that I get to see growing up and coming up behind us, um, they get that a lot better than, than we did. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That, um, I, I, you're a couple of years younger than me, but you know, it, it, it certainly my generation was like, yo, you had to act a certain way, look a certain way, mm -hmm. present a certain thing. And you were, you put yourself into a bucket and that was your bucket. Um, and you know, now it's like, you know, there's like kids are wearing skinny jeans and pink shoes and like, they're, they're just like more themselves and, you know, living their lives and kind of pushing it out there. And, you know, I think that it, we're going to end up with a better world because of it. You know, I think there's less pressure on a kid to necessarily join a, a put themselves in a bucket and say, this is who I am and I'm a jock. And so I'm this, you know, you could be a jock and also like power Rangers now, and that's okay. And, you know, you could be uh, those, all those things are kind of available in a way that they've never been. And, uh, you know, I think that that's valuable from, from that perspective. I also think that, uh, one of the things that, made the two of us enjoy each other is that we both like to laugh easy right and so when we would work when we met we would just be laughing quickly you know mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. making fun of usually making fun of somebody doing something sports related like that because that's where we initially sort of figured it out but you know it was we would laugh real easy and i think that that's a like a life pro tip you know like enjoy laughing like just just let it go let, yeah. let yourself laugh. It's way more fun when you're laughing. For sure. Now, la laughter is big. Uh, 
for sure. You know, you should be having fun, man. Don't take yourself too seriously. Um, I don't. I, you know, I probably sh should be a little more serious sometimes in a leadership role. But uh, I can't help it. I just enjoy just people and enjoy, you know, just having a good time. Like, you know, just making fun of yourself, making fun of others in, 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 a, in a respectful way, not like malicious. But you know what I mean? Like, that's important. Just loosening up, man. Yeah, I think that you gotta you gotta be easy, you know, and uh, I think that that's fun. So uh, we got a new book this week. Yes, we do. It's on you, brother. What's your pick? It is. So I think that I would like to do the sort of the book that started it all for the like tech bro. Uh, you know, let's all start our our online business uh, books, and it's called the Four Hour Work Week. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Heard of it? I. I yeah, I've been meaning. It's one of those books, like you know, rich dad, poor dad, rich dad, poor those dad, type it. of books. Yeah, it's a yeah. hundred. So you know, there's there's some wamboozle in it. Let's let's like be real upfront <laughs> about that. There's some wamboozle in it, but also I think that anything that gets that popular, there's truisms in, right? And just mm -hmm. like the Brene Brown book, right? Like we know there's yeah. some stuff that we're like, mm, okay, Brene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 but, yeah. Uh, and like the Thomas Sowell book, right? Like we're like, okay, Tom, take yeah, it and chill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that in the four hour work week, there's going to be some good value here that uh, we'll take away and there's going to be some stuff that we can reflect on. So uh, and since it's a classic, I think we should I think we should go for it. Yeah, for sure. I love that. That's perfect. You got anything yeah. for uh, this week that you want to call out before we wrap? Yeah, up? man. New season drop fast ed in a, in a lease uh, available today. Um, you know, 2400movement.com. Uh, so yeah, man, go get it. It's, you know, it's, it's a near and dear, uh, summer. It's a barbecue seasoning, barbecue rub and, uh, fast heads, the spicy version. Um, Elise is more of a milder seasoning. It goes great with everything. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's an awesome season, but the beauty of it is, uh, so I don't come up with the name. So the way that the structure is built is I make the seasonings. Kunta does all of the graphic designing. And Rodney films the videos and, you know, uh, edits the videos and does his role in terms of, you know, putting together the media stuff. So I, I, we taste the seasoning and we're like, we're all, okay, this a go. This is, mm -hmm. uh, this seasoning's perfect. We're going, you know, like we do the testing station, right? Mm -hmm. And so Colt takes the seasoning home because now he needs, an, he gets his inspiration. He's smelling it. He's doing all whatever he does to come up with the, come up with the labels. And then about two days later, he, he usually texts us in a group chat with the with the rough copies. And so he texts the two seasons, Fast Ed and Elise. So for you, I don't know if you know. I mean, you don't know. Uh, Fast Ed is what the nickname for my grandfather, James Edward Giddings. And Elise is my grandmother's name, Elise Giddings. And um, so Kunta sends those back. And I'm looking at him and I'm laughing. I'm like, yo. Because we all think alike. And I'm like, Coon's crazy. Like, this is, I know exactly why. You know, it's a it's a barbecue season. And for us, the summer meant family. The summer meant, you know, my mom usually had a cookout on Memorial Day. My birthday, we would have the block party on 24th and Clearfield. Every year, the weekend, my birthday weekend, and it would be my birthday party slash block party. So the summers meant family coming together. You know, grandma and grandpa house every weekend. That's what it meant. And so he nailed it, man. He made these labels. And I swear when I saw them, I got chills. And I was, it just it just felt right. 
it was like, man, we are like so locked in right now. So locked in. So, yeah, so we got a lot of that. And um, today we're doing deliveries. We did a little uh, promotion, delivery only Monday, just for the, the 24th, so people can have their seasonings for uh, Memorial Day. So we're going to be making making runs later on the day. Love it. Yeah. How about you, man? Not a lot, man. I'm just going to stay with it. I got a couple ideas that I'm working on and, like, kicking through. So I, I think there's actually some, like – we stuff maybe we talk next week this episode's gone a little bit long but maybe we'll talk next week about like uh, the process that i'm using to sort of try to find a new idea and uh kick around a new idea so uh that that's going pretty good so far and uh yeah so that's that's about my week i'm gonna keep kind of trying to find a new idea and, and see if i can get into something and uh work forward on that so where can people find us right uh the process is black and white.com also, go ahead and do a little search for us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The process is black and white, and we'll pop right up. All right. I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Talk to you. Ah,